The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where we ask you every week to consider where you are right now and where is it that you would most like to be in your life. I'm Leah Mattinson, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. Howard, how are you doing this week? I am doing pretty well. Uh, Thank you very much for asking. Um, I was thinking about you this week because I ran into somebody who is struggling with their weight and um, is, is really, you know, like so many people, having difficulty. And I was telling... Um, this person about about you and your inspirational story. Uh, I don't know whether our guest today knows this, but but you lost over a hundred pounds and kept it off, I which did. is pretty I amazing. Did, yeah, yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> it is, yeah. And, it's, and it still feels amazing. You know, sixteen years later, that uh, yeah, I really do feel like I dodged a lot of health bullets because um, of making that. Uh, decision uh, that number of years ago. And it really has impacted my kids, my children, who are now, who would have been, you know, two and three at that uh, time, who are now 18 and 20, and my grandson also, you know, so I now really feel like I've been fully engaged in their life and, you know, uh, enjoying all the physical activity and stuff that I, that I really truly believe I wouldn't have been involved in had I been uh, that in that state physically, um, you know, still. So I feel very lucky to have had 
um, whatever amounts of information at the right time that helped me to find a solution for myself. And that is why I'm so excited about our guest today, Howard, um, who is, he's just a wonderful fellow from the UK who has wrote uh, a book that I think is uh, really just a gift to people who are struggling uh, with this whole issue of weight. And we know that there's hundreds of thousands of people that are, are struggling with this. And uh, so our, our guest, Lyndon, has uh, written a book called The Inspired Diabetic based on his very personal story of transforming his uh, diabetic story in just 105 days. So, Lyndon, welcome to the show. We're just so excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate you inviting me onto your show, Leah. It's an honor and a privilege to be speaking to you. Thank you. Well, you're 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 so welcome, Lyndon. And so, give our listeners a, a little bit of background about you know who you are, what you what you have been doing, so we can lead up to um, this whole diagnosis of diabetes and how you handled it. Well, I'm British-born, UK-born, uh, to Jamaican parents. Um, I was a chef. I'm still I'm a chef for over 30 years. So me uh, getting uh, diabetes is kind of weird because chefs are normally supposed to be healthy people. So mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I've contradicted that. <laughs> 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 so basically... And, and so... Sorry, when did, so did you start being a chef when you were 10? Because you look fairly young. <laughs> yes, but don't, don't tell my mother that. I started cooking from a very young age uh, because uh, when, I was, when I was very young, I used to come home from school, uh, junior school. My parents never used to be at home, so I had to come home and start doing some cooking for myself until they got home. Uh, so that's where my passion started uh, at a very young age. It did, and they just stayed with me ever since. Wow, that, that, that's great. And so this was something that was meaningful to you and you loved and enjoyed. And just take us through the evolution of that from being a kid, having to cook for himself at home while, while his parents were out. What, how did that evolve to get you into the professional sphere? It, it was a passion that I, I had from a young age, so I just kept it up. So throughout my youth at school, college, I just continued uh, on that path towards uh, my catering career as a, as a chef. That's what, that was my passion. That's what I always wanted to do. And even now, I still enjoy it up to now. I, I enjoy cooking. I love what I eat. Everything that I eat, I like to try. I like to eat. This is one of the reasons why my passion is desserts. <laughs> and, uh -oh. <laughs> and, this, this is, and the desserts is my weakness. Yeah, strangely enough, I share that with you. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, that, so that I, yeah so you and just always, picture the two of you sitting in a sitting in a pantry with the door closed, you know, scarfing down some <laughs> chocolate cake. Well, 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 as some, well, as somebody, well, as somebody who was raised in the UK, let me tell you, it's really difficult not to be a dessert addict. Isn't yes. that right, Lyndon? Definitely. I mean, definitely. Definitely. And, and then the French, they brought all these different styles of cakes over and they made it all nice and look pretty and they made it look so tempting. So you, can, you could not resist it. Yeah. <laughs> so so when oh, you... We, you know, we talk about that, the marketing, <laughs> the marketing of food <laughs> to people. Mm, mm. And yes, and how that undermines us and our efforts a lot of the time. Now, now were, you, 
were you always oriented towards desserts or the, just everything? But those are the things you just liked the most. Everything, just yeah. everything. But the, the, the desserts was my weakness. That was mm-hmm. my weakness. But I enjoyed cooking a variety of different foods. I've worked on different sections uh, from the larder, from the fish section, from the meat section. Uh, there's different sections that they normally have in kitchens back in those days anyway. But now it's just a, a generic kitchen where you work in different departments and it's, it's all combined, it is. Mm. Yeah. You know, you, it's interesting talking about the sort of occupational hazards of chefs and people working in the kitchen. Uh, in my days, way back when, working in alcohol and addictions, um, that was considered to be a sort of occupational hazard for chefs, you know, around a lot of yes. wine and alcohol. Yes. Um, but it's interesting what you're saying. It makes perfect sense if you're around all this wonderful food and desserts because yeah. one yeah. of my one of my stories howard is uh, actually in the book when i was working at uh, the savoy hotel in london mm. um i was i was working there we'd done very long hours and back then we used to stoke the ovens with coal actual coal and in my book uh, i've got pictures of me stoking the coal into the ovens and it was very very hot very very tiring and one of the the things that they used to give us to drink was lemonade and fizz, like fizzy lemonade, and that mm. was like a, a reward. Rather than mm. giving us water, we had a choice of water. But as a as a as a youth, you'd go for the lemonade because it's a luxury drink. Mm. So mm. we so we'd be drinking a lot of lemonade. And at that stage of my life, when I was reflecting back, when I had uh, my type two diabetes, I was looking back on the things that I was doing when I was at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Of if I had diabetes back then as well. Because I had, a, I had a, quite a few uh, uh, digestive uh, problems with my stomach when I was a youth as well. So, so when, when do you think that you started actually, when do you think you started struggling with weight? Um, do you have a sense of I've, that? I've been start, struggling with weight for the last, I would say, three, four years up and down. Because you, 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 go, for a per, you go for a period of denial uh, <clears throat> should I exercise? Should I not exercise? Am I putting on weight? But it, it came to the the point where I was around my mother's house, and my mother said to me, "Lyndon, your stomach's very big," <laughs> and that was a wake up call. <laughs> hmm. That that was a wake up call. When cause my mother's a Jamaican lady, she's very straightforward in what she says and how she says things. And when she said that to me, it's like, wow, that was a big punch in the stomach, as we would say. Hmm. Well, good for her for being so uh, honest uh, with you, right? Hundred percent. Yes, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. So you never struggled as a youth with weight at all, Lennon? Is that the case when you were cooking all this great food while your mom and dad wrote? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's not funny. I was very active when as a youth. Mm. I, was, oh, okay. I was always playing uh, football, tennis always riding my bicycle. I was very active as a youth. I used to play all types of sports, gymnastics. I was very, very active as a youth. But I think as I got older, uh, I had children when I was at a young age as well. I became complacent with my health. And all I was thinking about was uh, work to home, home to work, work to home, work home to work. And that was it, really. And just eating whatever we can eat. So there was, no, there was no strict balanced diet as such. So after a period of time, my, my weight was just gradually picking up and up and up. 
Yeah, one of the one of the problems for everybody really as they get older, unless you are really aware of it and you make that effort, is a level of physical activity. And I'm not even talking about exercise. I'm talking about the level of physical activity drops off dramatically. Yes, definitely. And, um, we know that you know, some people say physical inactivity is itself a disease because it sets you up for all of these problems. So, you know, I don't think your story there is is that untypical. You know, people, you know, when they're kids, we run around, or we used to anyway, uh, and we're very, very active. But then as you get into your a career and being more work oriented, you know, a lot yes. of that just a lot of that disappears. <clears throat> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, it disappeared for me because. When you're working in the kitchen around a lot of rich foods, you want to taste things all the time. You're constantly tasting foods and you're constantly enjoying the food. So when you try one, it's like, wow, I love another one. And it's very hard to control yourself and stop. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you're snacking all the time when you're around foods all the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Leah, how would you have liked that when you're trying to lose 100 pounds but you had to work in the kitchen? Yeah, I think that would have been, I think that would have been, <laughs> it's like you'd have to become some sort of, uh, yeah, spiritual being at that level to resist, to resist, resist all the temptations. Yeah. I've often said it's like if you're, a, if you're a monk on the mountain, it's, and I love the monks, it, it's just much, you're, you, you can reduce temptation a lot because you're, you, you know, you're simply not around things. Uh, yeah. So I can't even imagine uh, working around all that good food and it would be good food too it wouldn't be like you'd be opening the fridge door and you know licking out of a jar of peanut butter no, <laughs> no it's there on the table in front of you yeah right and it's also an expectation that you taste the things that you're making because you're serving it so it's not like yeah. you can't taste what you're yeah. what you're making yeah so how yeah. did you deal with that how did you how did you well, not we, taste or, or what we changed? had to taste we had we had to taste there's no problem and the thing about it as well there was in foods back then they had there was a lot of alcohol in foods as well mm. you know in, in mm. the sauces and every time you're tasting the sauce you're tasting it not once you're tasting it twice three four times to make sure you get that flavor right and to make sure that it's 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 the best quality that you want to serve and you could probably get drunk by the time you serve the sauce <laughs> um, and when that everything tastes good then <laughs> Everything does, yes, and it's it's just a combination then as well. Yeah, yeah. Will, willpower dissolves in alcohol, right? So yeah. at that point, yeah, I could see a lot of hazards then. Um, so you were doing this, uh, and so at what point? I mean, you said your mom pointed out you you were getting yes. bigger. So at what point did you start taking seriously, and what did you what did you do? Well, it it, it was a day. That changed my life. It was a day that I, I just didn't, wasn't feeling well. I knew for a fact for a period of time that uh, I had uh, blood in my stool. Uh, I, had, I had pains in my stomach. I just was tired all the time. Uh, I was visiting the toilet on a regular basis. My vision was, my eye vision was blurry all the time. And I couldn't understand why. I was never really thinking straight. My feet, my hands were numb all the time. And I, I just couldn't understand why, what was happening to me. And it just got to this day when uh, I just totally broke down. I said I needed to go and see a doctor to find out what's wrong with me, if there's anything wrong with me. So it was on October 15, 2015, when I was diagnosed uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, they took a blood glucose sugar level 
which was a 15.9. And uh, they said, you probably got diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And uh, within a couple of days, I went for A1C. In America, you call it A1C. Over in the UK, we call it HbA1C. Mm-hmm. Uh, sugar level, which they monitor your sugar levels over the last three, three months. Right. So, yeah. So my HbA1c was 92. It was it was very very high, and uh, they wanted to uh, give me medication on that occasion, and I declined medication because I had a cousin who had type one diabetes, and he said there are side effects with uh, medication. So at that point, my mind was saying. Do I take the medication or do I not take the medication? Do I, yes or no? It's a, it was a back and forth hesitation with me. So I, I said, can you give me a chance to try without? And they said, okay, let's give you three weeks to try without. And within three weeks, by the amount of sugar levels that was in my blood system, I shouldn't have re- really reversed it like what I did naturally. And... That this is the, this is the, where my story really starts. Within uh, 25 days, from 92, I reversed it down to 77 uh, HbA1c, and from 77, another 28 days later, I went down to 60 HbA1c. Uh, another three three weeks later, I went down to 41. So in the UK, 42 is like the normal level. So I was below 41. Okay. Yeah, I'm just having a little difficulty. Translating these into US because yes. here our A1C is expressed as percent and uh, percentages, a norm- yes. Yeah, a normal is five, and then as you go higher, um, six is sort of on the edge of diabetes, and then seven and eight, where which really translates to blood. Gl- I mean, an A1C of seven US is a fasting blood glucose of 154, which you know, okay. is, is, is high, obviously. So, yeah, okay, great. So when we come back on the other side, what I'm going to ask you, and Leah's going to ask you too, is first of all, your experience of being diagnosed, what went through your mind and so on, then obviously what you started to do in order to address this problem. Um, so when we come back on the other side of Master Your Life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. 
Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host Leah Mattinson. And today we're talking uh, with Lyndon Wissart, a British chef who did something remarkable. He actually reversed his diabetes through his own efforts, no medication, and did it in a very rapid space of time. Um, before we get into more of uh, Lyndon's story, you know, there are some data here on how widespread diabetes is in, in the U.S. There's estimated about 29 million people, which is 9.3% of the population has diabetes. And, and the interesting thing about that, Leah, is, is 25% of them don't even know they have it. Yeah. Um, sounds a bit like what Lyndon was saying. He had some of these symptoms and didn't even realize he had it for a while. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and, in, and the Sorry. In the UK, um, it's about 4 million. It's also about 9-something percent of the population have yes. it. Um, and uh, so this is a very, very widespread problem. And again, part of it is people don't realize they have it. So, so I'm interested, Lyndon. So you made this effort. You go and get tested. And the doc tells you, well, you got type 2 diabetes. What, what, what went through your head? I'm, I'm, what went through my head is what is type two diabetes? Mm -hmm. You know, it's what yes. what is it, what have I got? Mm -hmm. uh, because one of the one of the most frightening things uh, that they do in the UK is when they notify you, they notify you via text message that you've got an appointment, and it said a chronic disease clinic on the text message. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, what have I got? Mm -hmm. You know, for, for this appointment. So. It was just the diabetes that I had, the type 2 diabetes. And I knew nothing about type 2 diabetes, to be honest with you. So when my cousin told me about, uh, he had uh, type 1 diabetes, and he told me some information about it, he said to me, research on it, find out what food you need to eat, find out what you have to do to reverse it. And this was what I had done. Uh, I went onto the internet and I researched it. My cousin told me certain foods that I can be eating at the same time, and he said, just go to the gym, just exercise, and cut down on your carbohydrates. So mm -hmm. I knew nothing about diabetes. Um, to, to be honest, the, the first experience I knew about diabetes, but I didn't realize it at the time, is when uh, I have a friend when I was at school, his mother uh, had di diabetes, and there's a saying in Jamaica that uh, we got the, the blood, get the sugars, get me. You know, we tell mm -hmm. them, you sugar get me. And, and this is what they call it, the sugars got me. And I didn't understand at the time, but when I was diagnosed, I was reflecting back onto that uh, conversation I had with her. And I thought to myself, wow, so it was diabetes that she had. And she passed away through diabetes. And now when you speak to people about diabetes, it's like so many people have it. So many people know somebody who's got it. But if you don't know about and, it, you don't know about it. Right. So, so for our listeners, I think that it's like you had this, you know, you had a critical moment. And, but understanding those symptoms even a little bit more in detail. So you had mentioned some things like um, you have blood in your stool, poor yes. vision, you were exhausted, you had numb hands and feet, um, really yes. mind fog, all of those symptoms. So when people are listening to the show, are there other symptoms that people would, um, you know, the, the other symptom I think you pointed, your mum pointed out, which is the look in the mirror and see if you've got a little couple extra pounds on, yeah. <laughs> or maybe more than a couple extra pounds, but whatever well, it, that is. It works both ways. Uh, plus it's in, if, yes, it's either you're putting on weight or you're losing weight. So 
it's a it's a double barrel really. Um, oh, can you explain I, that a little more? Yeah, because oh. some people some people through diabetes they put on weight, and some people lose mm -hmm. weight. It's 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 really interesting because I've met people who's actually thin and they don't look like they've got diabetes, but what they've been doing is the intake of foods and juices that gives them the diabetes is and then you got the you got the the other side when people eat a lot of carbohydrates and they're not doing no exercise then they're putting on weight that way there is so it, so you get diabetes what what I've I've seen is people are getting diabetes who are exercising on a on a regular basis but after they exercise they're having the wrong intake of fluids they juices which are full of sugars like a liter of juice full of sugar so they're fit but what they're putting into the into the bloodstream is sugars that's what gives them the diabetes so what so what the intake of fluids that people are having after of exercise they can exercise for a period of time but what fluids are they having after they exercise because some people they they think it's okay to drink a liter of orange juice or something to make them feel better but once they put those juices into their body, that means they're adding more sugar to their bloodstream and to the blood, uh, blood group. So th this is two things that I've learned by through carbohydrates, food, you put on the weight, and by exercising and drinking sugary drinks afterwards, you're putting more sugars into your blood. So both ways, you're, you're going to be type 2 diabetic anyway depending on if you're not controlling the intake of uh, sugars into the system. I mean, you've raised an interesting point about exercise, and I think we should try to clarify that. Um, mm. Of course, exercise generally is, is really good for uh, certainly one part of the management of diabetes. Uh, I've seen data that suggests that the recommended <clears throat> exercise, which is you know 150 minutes of aerobic activity a week, can reduce your diabetes risk by like 40 percent. So we know that physical activity is is important, is important. generally. Yes. I, I hear your point is that if yeah, that's physical activity, but if you then use that as an excuse to go pump a lot of sugar into your system, you're not helping yourself. Help you. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we you said okay, so I'm just interested where what you did when you found out about the seriousness of this condition. Well, my my first agenda was to do research on how to reverse it. And I, and I came across some articles that says it can be cured because unless you see articles saying that it can be cured, you don't think it can be. So my, 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 my mindset at that time was I've got a family, I've got children, I've got bills, I've got commitments. If I'm, if I'm ill and, and I'm not able to work because I'm, I was not like now I'm a freelance chef. So if I'm not uh, working, I'm not earning. Mm -hmm. And if I'm ill, I'm not earning, it can affect my family on a whole. So this was one of the main things I was thought about. What do I need to do to change my situation? How do I reverse my type 2 diabetes? So when I've looked at ways of how people have done it or what needed to be done, I just changed my diet and said, I'm going to cut down on all carbohydrates. And it was, it was a time where I was taking my daughter. I, I got into a routine where... I would take my daughter to school in the morning and just up the road, luckily, I did, there was a gym. So I was a member of a gym. And I would just go to the gym straight after dropping my, my daughter to school, go in there for two, three hours and just exercise. 
I come out, <clears throat> I maybe have some fruits, uh, like blue, my, my, my regular thing was like a blueberry and a banana. That's what I'd have when I come out, and water. That, that's what I'd be drinking Great. all the time. Great. And I'd be doing that for like two, three days a week. Uh, another thing that I, I was normally doing, which I don't normally tell people, I was fasting as well on a regular basis. I was, I was, at, I was at the point where I was being afraid of eating food because I didn't want to put the sugars into my system. Mm-hmm. It was it was a frightening time because there's times when I feel I don't want to eat nothing because I, I want to reduce my blood sugars. I want it to go down. I want it to go down. If if I don't eat nothing, it's going to go down. So in the mornings, I would just fast in most of the time before I go to the gym. I would just take a bottle of water with me. And then I've got some good friends around me, which is good to have good family and friends that are supportive. You need a supportive, supportive network around you at the same time as well. Because they said to me, what you should start doing, I had fatty liver at the, at the time as well when I was examined, and I started to add lemon to my water, lemon juice, lemon, fresh lemon to my water. And then I started to add other things like cayenne pepper to my water, okra, cinnamon, ginger, and it just built up. I started to have like, things like spirulina as well. These are certain things I just added, because people tell me about these. I, I didn't find them on the internet. People say, Lyndon, do this, do this, do this. I think to myself, do I need all this? And it was so disgusting to taste at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it, was so, it was so horrible. Because I don't know if you know about spirulina. I was taking like a teaspoon of spirulina in drinks, in my porridge in the morning. And it tastes and smells horrible if you're not used to it. Because we're not used to these things. Mm. If you're not used to it, you're not, it's not compatible with you. But like now, after a period of time, you get used to it. And I, I just kept monitoring what I was eating from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, keeping a record of what I was eating, knowing what I was eating, just having a balance of everyday foods, just cutting out the carbohydrates. And that was the most important thing for me. Because as a Jamaican, we eat pasta, we eat rice, we eat potatoes all the time. This is a daily diet for us. And it's not, and it's not just at breakfast and lunch. It's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> you know, so it's a combination. And then we've got all the fizzy drinks that we, we we're drinking on top of that as well. So I haven't had a a fizzy drink, as we call it, for the last sixteen months since I've been diagnosed. And I don't okay. miss it. I don't. Okay. I don't miss it. I don't miss yeah. it. I, I have the minimum of a maybe five hundred ml to a liter of water an average a day now. I do. So my, my, my main thing, they, they say you, you could either uh, control it, reverse it, or cure it. So it depends who you are, what situation you're in, which terminology you want to use. Uh, so I'm just, I've reversed it. I'm, I don't know what people want to call me. They call me controlled, they call me reversed, they call me cured. But I'm just doing something that other people can do if they want to. But it's a mindset, though. You have to believe in yourself that you can do it and you want to do it. And it, it wasn't well, and I think you raised, a, you raised <clears throat> a good point uh, right at the beginning of saying uh, just that understanding that it can be cured, where yes. a lot of people don't, don't have that just really basic understanding that things can be cured. 
And so it's a very helpless position to be in. Uh, and not only did you kind of take this idea that, hey, I can do something about this, but then you immediately applied it. We, we talk about ad nauseum on this show. <laughs> it's like, you know, find Agnosis. out the information. Ad nauseum. We talk about it all the time. It's like, so it's like we think about things all the time that we're going to do to make our life better. But the actual application of it, the doing it every single day, day in, day out, like developing those really good daily habits. Habits, um, yes. Yeah, and that, and really, it is do or die, yeah. in your circumstance, and I think in many other people's, uh, you know, lives, they come up against these the do or die mm. moments, yes. and then they sometimes they struggle and they don't get through it for a really mm. long time. Um, but what's inspiring, I think, is when you see that people can do things really yes. quickly, really quickly when you apply. Um, like good information and, and that you do the right things. And even if you do, even if you have slips along the way, even if it's not the right thing immediately, but you're yeah. really um, focused on changing Brilliant. whatever yeah. that state of illness is and getting the disease out of your body. body. This, the, I think that people want to be happy and disease free. If they wake up in the morning, that's, you know, you've, you've hit on that's all the really high points. They want to stay working. They want to support their kids. They want to be around for their wife. They want to yes. contribute to the world and it's hard to do that when you're ill but what I, what I found earlier is that after a period of time like within the 12 months or for, even from six months to seven eighth months you you be you get into a routine of what you're eating you get into a routine of what you're drinking you can feel your body changing you you can visualize what what's happening to you and when you see that you can maintain that after a period of time because it becomes different things that you've started to do becomes a new habit. So instead of having three sugars in your tea, like I used to have, I know I, I can have a cup of tea with one sugar now. I even I even had a cup of tea the other day with no sugar, and it didn't <laughs> taste nice. But I thought to myself, let me try it because I may get used to it. And it, it's it's a progress. It's it's a progress of us changing our palate of taste within our mouth and what we see. Right. You know? Yeah, well, you're also changing your brain too. Yes, when you talk about establishing a new habit. New habits. Um, you know, it it is. Um, it, you know, that's it takes it takes a, a time. You you said a few months, and I think it is that at least. Yes. Um, to to rewire your brain and sensory pathways to the point where. You do have some control over it. I think that's part of it too. Is yes. you've got to want the control, and now you have the capability of control. And you do those two things, you can really get into a routine, yeah. which is is key. That's that's really great. Um, I found. I found sorry, go, no go. No one thing. One one thing that I found after a period of time, when you've changed all your different habits, the new habits are like relaxing because you don't have to think too much about the beginning again because you're in a new habit already so mm -hmm. with, with your new habits of foods diet exercise whatever you're doing it becomes a new habit and it's an enjoyable habit and you feel better about it right. one of the things that happened to me when my blood sugars went down to uh, 38 uh i'm not sure what the percentage is mm -hmm. on your charts mm -hmm. um if it's 5.5 or 6 percent when I, went, when I went down very low, I started to eat the foods that I wasn't supposed to eat. So I was using myself as a guinea pig to say, okay, Linda, go back to eating some of the stuff that you're not supposed to be eating. 
And what I found, because there's certain foods that I was eating, still continually eating, that helped me reduce my blood sugars, my blood sugar went down to 36 from 38. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it, right. and it shouldn't have. Right, right. It shouldn't have, because the foods that I was eating, it wasn't right. So what I've done within my book anyway, I've made a list of all the foods that I was eating before, during, to show people that what, what food you put inside you can reduce your blood sugar levels. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll be the- excited to talk about that. Yes, after the break, um, we'll pick it up with Lyndon and talk about the pragmatics of how do you apply all of this knowledge and wisdom and insight in your day-to-day life so that you can you know, maybe manifest a, a different health reality for yourself? And so we'll be back after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with Leah Mattinson. And today our guest is a chef from the UK, Lyndon Wissart, who did a remarkable thing. He reversed his diabetes um, really through diet and lifestyle and with no medication and brought his um, blood sugar back into normal range. And we've been listening to how uh, he led up to that. What I'd like to do now, um, Lyndon, you talked about initially you were fasting. And I was interested to know at that phase how many sort of calories you were having a day. Uh, I wasn't really a calorie counter. Um, Okay. Because I don't know, it's very it's very hard for me to. I was I wasn't focused on numbers. The only right. thing that I was doing every day, Howard, I was weighing myself every day. <laughs> as I, I was as I walked into my uh, bathroom, we got we got digital scales on the floor, and I would go into the bathroom fully clothed, get on the scales, see what my weight is, get off it, have a shower, come back out of the shower, I weigh myself again. I get in. I was obsessed with weighing myself hmm. it wasn't so much the calories i was obsessed with weighing myself and i don't know why because i just wanted to lose my stomach i wanted to get that the weight down and i my trousers i don't know i i was i was wearing a 38 inch trousers mm-hmm. i was but my natural waist was like 34 mm-hmm. it was and mm-hmm. 
I was compensating for my bottom because I've got a big ass. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is okay. one of the this is one of the things we Caribbean people have. So, that, that's 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 one of the reasons I was compensating for the the weight and the size, and I was just I was just focused, so focused on weighing myself every day, not the calories, because I know. The calorie-wise, I was eating not more fruit and vegetables. Mm, I was eating right. more fish and more uh, white meats. I even tried uh, smoked turkey. I, I don't normally like turkey. I tried smoked turkey as an alternative for my breakfast. So I tried that and I didn't like it, so I, I came off a of turkey. Mm. So yeah. you, you basically cut out carbohydrates, really. Yes. Which basically is a lot of processed food. Yes. Um, but you were still having fruits, right? Yes, yeah, so I was having fruit. My, my my main fruit I was having was uh, blueberries. Right, I love Good. blueberries. Yeah, me uh, too. Blue, yeah, yep. blue blueberries and sometimes maybe the odd banana, okay. um, and also uh, pears as well. Pears is a is a high sugar fruit, <clears throat> but pears is a, is a flavonoid food which helps the pancreas anyway. So right. that's that's one of the fr the fruits that I liked anyway. So I'm so glad I started to eat pears because it's a flavonoid food. Is so. so I think uh, as just I just want to put a little caveat in front of. There's lots of information out there um, yes. in the big wide world of what calories, if calories, you know, matter or matter. don't matter uh, in in terms of weight loss or di you know control of diabetes and I uh, and and multiple other uh, things and and so the uh, w measuring your weight on a scale and measuring your pant size are two really practical ways of measuring um, if you're seeing change from the yes. nutritional changes you're making. Uh, on the other side of things, I think that um, when people are, there's lots of different diets out there. So there's like the Atkins diet and there's, well, there's a billion, uh, you know, diets uh, for weight loss and reducing carb carbohydrate uh, is definitely one, but the so it's not just processed carbs, though. It's things like potatoes, which is not processed typically yeah. if, it, if you're mashing it or, or whatever. Um, so did you follow any sort of, um, because pears, like you say, are a high sugar fruit. So that's certainly not in the Atkins um, protocol. No. And it wouldn't be in the ketogenic protocol. Uh, so is there some sort of protocol that you came, that you followed? Or, or like, how did you come up with your unique solution that worked? My... my I, I was looking at when I when I was diagnosed. Uh, I had to go for an eye test. I, I had to go mm. for an eye test because uh, type two diabetes uh, affects the retina, mm -hmm. uh, the vessels in your mm -hmm. eyes. Right. So that causes the blurred vision. So when I had my eye test, one of the things I wanted to find out what foods can I eat to strengthen my vessels in my eyes. What foods are there? Do I need to strengthen it to make it better? And for many years, for some reason, I don't know why, I've always taken uh, supplements for my eyes. And when I went for the test, my eyes were perfect for the retina. Is And I've had a second eye test recently as well. And I've had, no, I had two eye tests last year. I've had two eye tests, sorry, in the last year, just to see what my eyes are, because I became obsessed with it to make sure I'm, I'm getting better. Um, and on the average level in the UK, they recommend you to have a, a blood test once a, once a year, the HbA1c blood test. I was having a blood test every three months. Mm -hmm. Well, in the beginning, no, every three weeks, I was having a blood test because mm. I, I was so obsessed with bringing my levels down. 
I was. So the foods that I was eating were specific foods. So I'm saying to myself, what is the problem with my body? If there's a problem with my pancreas, well, I'm not producing insulin or not, or it's not <clears throat> producing enough insulin, what's wrong with it? Was, is it because of the beta cells in the pancreas that produces the insulin? What do I need to, what foods will heal and nourish my pancreas? That's when my cousin told me about flavonoid foods. And flavonoid foods are foods that they say heals and nourishes the pancreas. So my diet, I've changed my diet to eating like dark chocolate, 80% and above, uh, peanuts uh, with red skin on it, uh, grapefruits and the berries like I mentioned before, a lot more green uh, vegetables and all the fruits that I was picking. I wasn't eating as many fruits. My, my basic food was just the berries really, uh, dragon fruits. I don't know if you know dragon fruit. I was eating dragon fruit. And, and I keep it very simple because there's a lot of fruits out there with their eye in sugar, but nobody seems to mention that. They say, eat five <laughs> fruits a day and you'll be fine. But five fruits a day, taking consideration what you have for your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner and your snacking, it's all sugars that adds up. And people don't realize that sometimes. This is a frightening thing. So... I just became very more visual about what I was eating on a day-to-day basis. <clears throat> like, for example, in the mornings, I like a slow energy burn. So I normally have a porridge in the morning. I love, a, I love porridge. I love either a cinnamon in my porridge. I love a spirulina in my porridge. Or I love some uh, nuts in it or some dark chocolate. I, I always changed it. Or maybe blueberries in my porridge as well. These days when I'll be having like poached egg or scrambled egg, just changing it up a bit. And in, in my book, I make a list of foods uh, that I was eating on a regular basis. And I cover all of them in my book anyway. And there's like uh, things like um, sweet potato, which I change from eating normal potato, which is very, mm-hmm. very good as well. Uh, red onions, I started to read more red onions because it's, got, it's a flavonoid food as well. So it became I became obsessed with different things. I've changed my oils from uh, normal cooking oil to like uh, coconut oil, uh, organic coconut oil, sunflower oil, uh, rapeseed oils, uh, olive oil, uh, virgin, extra virgin olive oil, the good quality one. And I, just, and I just kept it on the thing. One of the main things that I started to do as well is cut down on my portions as well, eating in moderation. And that was the hardest part. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that was that was hard. Having a smaller plate with food on it is, is isn't easy. But the thing about it now, I can have it with no problem. Mm-hmm. Having yep. smaller portions, and a lot of people, what I find when I do talks, they ask me, "What do I do for snacking?" I always <laughs> like to snack, and and we all like to snack. So I was snacking, but what I what I started to do when I was snacking, I started to get like a uh, fish. Like if I like a tuna fish, for example, I'll get a tuna fish and mix it with uh, some lemon juice and some uh, cinnamon or some um, a bit of olive oil or coconut oil just to give it a bit more flavor. And I make those into like portions for the day and I'll snack on those. I just think on that. Yeah, well, and, the, and fatty proteins actually shut off your hunger uh, signal in your brain. So when you make that combination of tuna with oil or uh, like a uh, egg, th- those types of things, that's so you when you're just eating fruit, 
um, or you're just eating carbs, you feel yes. hungry, even if you just ate. So that's a little tip and trick that I learned along the way too, because, you know, you'd be eating, I'd be eating salad and thinking, oh, the salad is going to be the cure for everything. But the salad wasn't the cure because I was still hungry. And yes. so that um, people feel like snacking because they're not actually um, nourishing the brain with something that's going to shut off that hunger receptor. Yeah. And the gut and the, and the brain are so interconnected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I think, I think that I think for every each individual person, they need to find out what their body mm. is capable of doing, what what their what their body mm -hmm. is comfortable with eating, and because a lot of people ask me, Lyndon, as a chef, have you got recipes in your book? Have you got recipes? In? I said to them, I haven't got recipes in my book, for the simple reason that I've got a list of foods in my book which you can take out the ingredients and make your own meal out of that, because if I gave you a recipe with uh, potato in it with um, fish in it with uh, I don't know um, meat other stuff that you don't like you're not going to enjoy it right if you've got a plate of food that you know you don't want to you don't want to eat you're not going to enjoy it but if I said to you choose these ingredients that you like already and let's turn that into a meal they say wow mm -hmm. you're going you're to enjoy that meal you're going to enjoy mm -hmm. it much more because this is what I wanted to do I wanted to make sure I still enjoyed my meals that was important for me because as a chef, yeah. I love my food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th and I think that's really important. People don't. People are not going to stick with a program if they're eating foods they really don't enjoy. Oh, I mean, it's exactly. as simple as that. So, so totally. So, while we're on the, as we're coming to the end of the show, um, why don't you tell people about where they can, what your book is called, where they can get it, uh, where they can reach you, and so forth. Well, my book is called The Inspired Diabetic by Lyndon Wissart, L Y N D O N. W I double -S, S for sugar A R T. You can <laughs> get the book on my website, lindawissart.com. You can get it on Amazon and uh, loads of bookshops. If it's not in your bookshop, please just ask in your bookshops if they can stock it or if they can order it in for you because the book will change lives. The, the book will definitely yeah. inflict on other people because the amount of response that I've had from people who's seen the book, who's read it, they think, wow. When you when you don't when you see something sometimes you don't understand what it can do for you. Because my book's not it's not just about diabetics. My book is my book covers fitness, exercise, wellness. The book is for you if your if your loved ones have diabetes or on or on medication. If you want a real life story about how I reversed, controlled, or cure my type two diabetes, that's what my book's going to tell you. Uh, specific foods to help you to control your diabetes. Um, if you want a healthy diet. To take exercise because what I found a lot of people they if you say oh you need to go to the gym and exercise some people don't want to go to the gym so what I'm saying to people you could do bits of exercise in your house mm -hmm. just right. do something in your home right. five minute yep. exercise yeah. mm -hmm. that's what you could do yeah you know so that's so encouraging I think for people to um, they have it's have a real world example of how to uh, do the little daily practices. I like too that you say, you know, even if even if you're a friend of somebody or family member of somebody who is struggling with um, type two diabetes, just to open their mind up and by showing them that this actually can be cured. Um, and again, we talk lots on the show about things that see, people think are incurable, and um, that think, a lot of things are curable. And this is just one tool in the toolkit you know, for friends and family members of, you know, if you have somebody that's struggling with this particular 
um, yes. thing to open up yes. their heart and mind to see that there's another way that they could live their life and another way that they could still be um, healthy and enjoy life and contribute to their family. And that's just such a life changer for people. Yes. I imagine your children must just be, uh, and your wife, or must just be absolutely um, just thrilled with your dedication to your own wellness and to this project. Yes, because even my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's 13, and even says, Daddy, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having a detox day today. <laughs> right, you know, <laughs> just, yep. just think, a, a child telling you, I'm having a detox day today. Yep. I think to myself, wow, that's, a, that's an influence on her. So what, sometimes it's hard to push it onto them because if you push something, it, it's, it's hard for them to take it. They don't want to do it. But, but if you do it gradually, they say, okay, if Daddy's doing it, maybe we can try it as well. You know, so we, mm -hmm. we have to, we would have to start somewhere with somebody. And I'm, I'm just grateful that I've got support from my family, my children, and other people around us. And that's what we, we all need around the world, is a support team to say to us, we can do it. And in my, in my book, I have a list of affirmations to help people to believe within themselves that they are able to reverse, cure, or control the diabetes, whichever situation they're in. And one thing I found out uh, is that I met a gentleman who had a stroke. And when I was talking to him, I told him about the symptoms of type 2 diabetes. And he says, you know something? These are the same symptoms that stroke people have as well. People who have had a stroke, they've had the same symptoms. And I've never thought about that before. So I'm reaching out to people who've had strokes as well now. I'm talking to them as well now. Okay. Because it's, it's amazing what we can do with the brain and, yeah. and our focus. Yeah, no, you're, you're an ins inspiration and your story is, is really inspiring, Lyndon. We're so grateful Thank that you. we had you on our show. And, you know, God bless you in getting out there and helping people realize that for a lot of them, they have within them the power um, to make a vast difference in yes. this disease if they have it yes. and, and lead the life that they want. Um, and so, you know, we're very, also, very grateful for that. And also to prevent them from getting it. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. You know, this, is, this is one of the things that we need to be aware of to prevent it from happening in the beginning. Absolutely. So, again, doing great work. Thank you for being on our show. And, uh, and for those listeners, we'll catch you next week on Master Your Life. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 